0: Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, aka Permanent Handle,
1: and I'm Alex Good, aka Alex Good.
0: And welcome to the Crib. Uh this is MTV and what was that show called? Welcome to my Crib. That's what it was MTV called, right? MTV Cribs? Was it just called MTV Cribs? It wasn't like that might have been said to my crib. when they
1: opened up the door, but I'm pretty sure it was just MTV oh. Cribs.
0: Yeah, let me show you my crib. Please take your shoes off. That wasn't the full title of the show.
1: No, it was it was MTV Cribs. Close though, really close. Okay, it's yeah, currently yeah, yeah. on Paramount and- if you want to watch it.
0: <laughs> and MTV Cribs uh famous host Anderson Cooper?
1: Um yo also I don't actually I, I don't know. Um I can <laughs> tell you that uh they released a season last year with Rick Ross and That's Jojo Seawall.
0: Crazy. That's wild. Um also you didn't correct me when I said Anderson Cooper was the host, despite the fact that I listen, I don't know who the host is.
1: No, it's not him. Okay. Um I wasn't Listen, bro, it's hard for me to tell when you're joking. Also, I know so little that when you throw like a niche host, because he is a host. (laughs) Yes. Like you could have said like Nick Cannon. I'm like, yeah, sure. But he would have been like 17. So, uh, I mean, I want uh, to say that like somebody like Exhibit would host something like that. But he's not going to be. Exhibit,
0: I do know Exhibit was Pit My Ride. Okay. I can say that confidently.
1: Um, I don't know who would host it. Because the thing is, it's been, it's like 18 seasons or something. I don't know who would be hosting it now.
0: Um, Yeah. I'm on the Wikipedia page and it is giving me not enough information. Um, It did tell me that there was a fun period of time when uh, (laughs) it was distributed in syndication via Snapchat. So uh, I hope I'm never that low in my career.
1: Ah, dude. Could be worse. Could be (laughs) Quibby.
0: Could be worse. You're right. Okay, well, this bit's over. Do you want to talk about the movie? Yeah,
1: let's talk about the movie, man. (laughs)
0: All right, we are starting a new theme. We are doing a stages of life where we are kind of going through the entirety of a person's life through movies. And we are currently starting with this young adult, the childhood through young adult phase that is, I would say, almost perfectly encapsulated by the movie that we are watching this week, Boyhood. If you don't want to hear us talk about the movie Boyhood, You can skip to this time code right here. Time
1: code 2450. So I've seen this movie before. As have I. Um, I watched it in school for psych class. And before that, I had caught glimpses of it. So this is like my second and a half viewing. This movie is also very long. And this
0: movie is very long, yes, and it's famous for how it was made. Right. I would say more than anything else.
1: More than anything else. It is famous because they cast the actors way back when it started filming. I think when it, like, something like 2005. And then when it finished filming in 2014, it had used the same actors every year and filmed a year of their life. Um, so these people have played not, the same character. It's not like
0: character. a documentary. It's a written and scripted movie. Yeah, they've played just, the they played the same character
1: consistent the whole time. So they didn't have to constantly, you know, recast and reshoot. It was the same people throughout the whole time. Um. And for this, I mean, it got nominated for six Oscars and won one. But like. Which one? Best performance by an actress, which is ridiculous. Yeah. It must. There must not have been almost any competition.
0: And so. This movie uh Ethan Hawke is, you know, the the draw actor.
1: Yeah. He's um, the father. Cuz the thing is I think it's very hard to cast these movies cuz you have to think who might still be a draw, you know, 12 years from now.
0: Yeah. And so Ethan Hawke plays the dad and Patricia Arquette plays the mom. And Patricia Arquette is not not famous. She's just not Ethan Hawke famous.
1: Yeah. I mean, so this film was shot from may 2002 to august 2013 so 11 year, 11 years filming um i don't know who she was but she could have totally been famous in 2002
0: yeah and i think she got famous in between those periods uh no she sorry it was before that she was in true romance in 1993 gotcha. and then she was on a tv show called medium for six years so you know she, she <laughs> has work to her name
1: yeah and ethan hawk is a killer
0: um, overall, I would say when you're shooting a movie for 12 years, I think the biggest hurdle you have to jump over after organization is on a technical level. And for the most part, I think this movie does a very good job at not looking like it was filmed in 2002.
1: Yeah, I was actually impressed because technology has improved so much that eventually I'm like, well, the last 3 or 4 years are gonna look way better than the first ones. That is not the case. You can't really tell.
0: I think looking back on it, there like the first like maybe fifteen minutes looks like a two thousand two movie, and then after that, pretty solid quality throughout the rest of the movie.
1: But I think it's such a smooth transition that you don't notice. Now, if we did like we jump back and forth between like his senior year and first grade, yeah, then we'd notice. But it's so smooth that eventually, like, oh, this movie looks good.
0: Yeah, and so the plot to this movie is very, very simple. It is Boy Grows Up.
1: First through twelfth grade.
0: Yeah, and it's really interesting because I think this is the first movie that I've watched where the point of the movie is to be nostalgic, I think. Yeah. About things that I recognize.
1: It was very weird, just the amount of references thrown in. I don't it's not the because point but there was a guy whose job was to get references you can tell and it's weird that we're getting And
0: it. the thing that I know the thing that made me have that thought was there's a scene where they are campaigning for Obama's first election and th- like I said this movie is shot in a very nostalgic way so to reach a point where it's like Oh, what it's like to be a kid in the Obama administration. I'm like, hold on. Wait a minute. Let's take a second. Hold on. I was a kid in the Obama administration.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's weird for me because the guy playing this kid was only three years older than me. So him and I would have been in school together. Mm -hmm. And I think the character he was playing was only one or two years older than me. So like I'm watching yes. this and I'm like, I'm I am going through almost exactly what he was going through. And I, I think one thing that I noticed and my wife noticed as well was like, just how adults were speaking to kids was very real. And I, I'm surprised yes. they wrote it that well because it was so condescending and you're watching it and listening to it from the kid's perspective. And we were yeah, going sure. through it at that time. So it felt even more real.
0: Yeah, I did not care for the main character's vibe. Oh, I didn't the like the main him. characters. Uh, the main character's name is Mason, and you know he's the Mason central focus Jr. of this whole movie. Yes, Mason Junior, a uh, son of Mason Senior, played by Ethan Hawke, and just like he—he's a normal kid. And then there's this part, you know, when he becomes a teenager, he just becomes insufferable. It's just
1: so... I think it's very real in the fact that, like, it oh, is. this preteen, like, this 12 to 16 age is insufferable. Like, you're so annoying. I don't even look looking at you. It's insufferable.
0: 12 to 16 is insufferable because he's purposefully rebellious. And it's one of those things, you know, teenagers are going to do that. The problem that I had was that... Last sequence, that 17, 18 year old sequence, because he grows into the most like, like, it, like he, existential.
1: A, the, the, what does it all existential mean? Existential. Who Moody. am I? Nihilistic
0: nihilistic that's that's kind of really what it boils down to and there's a breakup scene not a breakup scene but there's a conversation he has with an ex-girlfriend where she brings that up where she's like dude you've got to stop being so moody and pessimistic all the time like the world does not revolve around you you are not smarter than everyone else like you need to rein it in a little bit and he doesn't
1: nope nope and instead he goes even harder in the paint
0: so the the second half of this movie is a little more frustrating to watch from a character development standpoint um and any part of this movie that I didn't care for Ethan Hawk saved.
1: Ethan, Ethan Hawk, Hawk is the best part of this the show
0: movie. for the entire movie um,
1: he was so good because, I noticed when he wasn't on screen and yeah it was it was there was I think I don't know if there was I think I don't okay I don't know if there was specific years where he didn't film at all. Which would make sense because he's a real, like, legit actor who might have been busy doing other movies. But I remember him being like, oh, I haven't seen Ethan Hawke in, like, 20, 30 minutes. I need him to come back so I can pay attention again.
0: And the point of his character, you know, it was valid for him to not be around for years at a yeah, time. Yeah,
1: him. Be- so, Mason Sr. Um, is divorced with Mason Jr.'s mom, um, whose name I am drawing a freaking... Olivia. Olivia. But um, so Olivia and Mason Senior are divorced, and we're introduced to them that way. They were not together when this movie started.
0: We they were together for like fifteen seconds.
1: Yeah, I think it might have been not even a flashback. I think like the first year this movie was filmed, when Mason was five, that was when they got the divorce. And then when he turned six, we see them separated, and he has to, you know, they're doing custody like every other weekend, stuff like that. And you realize, oh, this dad is. Trying hard and not even I wouldn't say trying hard to be like there, but he's trying to have a relationship. Like, yeah, he wants to be around. I wouldn't say he's trying to be a good dad, but he wants to be in their lives and he wants to be included. And he's just so endearing, dude. It was so really sweet. Is.
0: And when we're introduced to him, we are we are given reasons to not like him. Right. Uh, I think he is introduced in kind of a very stereotypical uh, absentee father type area, but as it goes along, we are given more and more reasons to like him, and he redeems himself frequently.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it just comes from we aren't supposed to like him because the mom doesn't like him, and she's only spends the majority of the time with these kids taking care of them. However, I quickly grew to not like the mom almost at all. I did not like Olivia I don't know. as a character.
0: I... Liked her until, like, the last 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Because the <sighs> the big, a big chunk of this movie, I would say the majority of this movie, is Mason's mom marrying guys that are abusive in their own way and it's how that abuse affects the family affects affects the family as a whole and affects each person individually and and for most of the movie i'm for the movie for the whole movie i am incredibly sympathetic towards that uh plight and i understand that changes people it makes people uh different and not always in a good way and so when the family fought with each other. You know, there's a scene where the, the family has to flee from the abusive, uh, the abusive husband. And so it's, it's a very, like, we can only take the clothes on our back. We're staying at a friend's house. Like we're uprooting our lives this instant because it's our only opportunity. And the next day, the mom takes
1: school that they've never been to before and still wearing the clothes they left in. They don't have backpacks. They don't have anything. And they're starting at a new school. In the middle school year. And the daughter. And it's rough.
0: And the daughter kind of freaks out at the mom. And the mom kind of freaks out back. And it's one of those instances where you're both right, but there's nothing we can do to fix the situation in this moment.
1: Yeah. I I just grew more and more unsympathetic. To Olivia, okay, listen, bro. At the end of the day, we're talking about a movie that's not real and it's making us have real emotions. But let me tell you, I didn't like this movie, okay? <laughs> um, so I mean, we're talking about something that's like very real. We're talking about like, I think the listeners will be like, Wow, these guys cared a lot. Like, no, I have very strong opinions about something I wasn't a huge fan of. This movie is very long. I think the fact that we got showed every single year of these kids' lives was cool, but it dragged. There was a lot of times where we're just like checking in with them again. Oh, still with the same dude. Cool. Like this was, this is a very realistic movie, almost to a fault where we're just like introduced to girlfriends, introduced to best friends, introduced to parenting styles. Okay. This person got a job. Yeah, I get it. But like a part of this still needs to be a movie, you know, needs to be interesting. And I felt like the only act, there was two things going on. One, we were watching the mom have relationships and we were waiting for Ethan Hawke to come in. And have fun. Now, they might have done that on purpose, but let me tell you, the in-between periods, very boring.
0: Yeah, sure. I think the big problem that I had with how this movie was organized was it didn't tell us when it was moving on.
1: Yeah, you just had to pay attention to when they looked different.
0: And sometimes it felt like they jumped through time in the same scene and didn't really tell us. And... They don't introduce new characters like, hey, this is my new girlfriend. Like, you gotta pick it up through context clues. Which I think is the best way to do that when... You are making a movie like this. I think this movie did a very good job at introducing the new characters without kind of beating us over the head with them because the the movie had to introduce a lot of new characters. I think the only character I was a little lost on for too long was her last husband. The one that was in the army national guard. Yeah. Like they talk about him for a while, before we realize that they're married.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel like it was one of those like, okay, they're in a relationship and you can see it heading that way. There's a lot of foreshadowing. And then it gets to a point where like they're obviously in a relationship. Something is happening. And then cut to like a year later, I'm like, oh, we're like in a full-fledged family dynamic here. They're definitely married.
0: Yeah. So I wish they're. Could have been a better way to organize some of that stuff. I don't I don't know how maybe if it was just like, it didn't have to be like Mindhunter big city graphic on top of the screen, but just like a little icon that was like 2007 or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, another cool part of this movie, a little off topic, is Mason's sister is the director's daughter.
0: Okay. And I want to say she did such a great job playing the insufferable sister.
1: She did an amazing job. I think throughout the movie, it goes Ethan Hawke his best actor and then probably her. She was so yeah. believable as just a sister. And as she gets older, you see her mature. And eventually it goes from this sister's annoying to this sister is obviously older than you and more mature. And now she's sick of you. So like she appears yes. in less of the movie as it goes on because like older sisters got other stuff going on than hang out with their little brothers.
0: Yes, I I I they, she does such a good job of encapsulating that sister energy right off the bat because the the way this movie it almost opens with this it's the first five minutes of the movie where mason and her sister are in their shared bedroom and she just starts singing oops i did it again for no reason and does not stop when asked to stop and when the mom comes in to kind of break up the argument that's going on, she just starts crying so she doesn't get in trouble. I'm like, wow, this is such a sibling thing to do, and I'm angry watching this, but I get it. I get it.
1: Yeah, I don't... It was it was very believable. I liked it a lot. I mean, there was parts of this that, like, I'm glad they touched on. Like, for instance, like, when the whole... The second abusive dads this is... I don't... I don't think Ethan's character, Mason senior was abusive, but there was definitely arguments going on that. And it felt like, oh, it was, this is heading towards divorce. So second husband.
0: And they even in, on that note, there's, they touch on that too, where when they're moving, the sister asks the mom, do you still love dad? Yeah, I still do. Then why aren't you staying together? And, they're, and she's like, well, even though we love each other, you know, it's not healthy for us to be together. And so I think they set up very early on that, like, co-parenting is possible in this situation. It's not off the table. Like, we don't need to write Ethan Hawke off quite yet. But to, as, you, as you were saying.
1: Right. So when husband two comes along and we get introduced to siblings, like step-siblings, they're together for, like, two or three years.
0: Yeah, it's a while.
1: And then when they dip... Um, it's very, it's addressed like, Hey, are we going to see those guys again? Like ever? And I'm like, very good point. I was thinking the exact same thing, but like, I'm glad that the movie's addressing things that like real people would bring up like, Hey, we just formed a relationship with these step siblings and they were close. Like they were enjoying their time together and then just tipped.
0: And even more than that is they, those step siblings also knew they were in an abusive environment and we left them there. Right, which was also kind of the the uh, another sentiment of that conversation, and there and the mom just kind of had to be like, "I'm not their legal guardian. I am responsible for you two. I cannot help them."
1: Yeah, and I think this movie does a very good job of making you think, like, remember what it was like to be that age, because they're vocalizing all those things that you'd be like, "Yeah, I, I'm. Even though I'm not that age anymore, I feel that because these characters are so expressive."
0: So, like we said, the stakes are never very high in this movie, right? There are a few arguments and shouting matches where you're like, yikes, I hope this gets resolved. But aside from that, no one's really in any trouble. It's not like there's a big car accident that traumatizes everybody or, uh, you know, someone gets diagnosed with a disease like, it's a pretty, it, it feels very normal.
1: Right. I mean, this movie didn't have a crazy budget. It was like a couple million dollars. Like, I wouldn't say normal people money, but like, it's under three million. So, it's not crazy. There's no s- nuts. I don't know if there's any special effects. Um, Everything seemed very real. Um, But I think that can also be a downfall. Because like, so so many slice of life movies have been made that when you only spend 14 minutes per year, you're Banking on the novelty that we use the same dudes.
0: Yes. So I think this is a movie most... I would recommend this movie to most people. I think the technique is strong enough to get people in the door. And I just think in general, it's a cool enough movie to justify the runtime. I think with some character rewrites... I would have enjoyed this movie a lot. I enjoyed this movie. I like this movie. But I think that some character rewrites would have like this movie had the potential to be a 10 out of 10. Holy But I smokes. think it was it was dragged down a lot by uh that thir- those third act character choices.
1: Interesting take, Craig. I disagree. I think this movie was too long. I think that there could have been a couple different acting things and i think also i'm an action movie guy and when in the place of action movie i need drama like marriage story drama i need like things happening and i think the problem is is anytime you have there's too many scenes in this movie like 140 scenes um and every time you change a year no, there's a pretty good chance that the problem that was identified a year ago isn't an issue anymore. So like, I feel like a lot of times there was nothing building. So I was just, yeah, I, I, and I this got movie
0: bored. also ends like there's been nothing building. Right. This it's movie just like, doesn't even end on very much of an iconic line. It, it ends. It doesn't end like a movie ends, which right. kind of goes back to your point of it's very realistic. And, you know, like life, this movie just kind of ends. There's no real resolution. I, we don't know where this character is headed. We don't know if they're going to be... We don't know what their next step is. But, like, that's not movies.
1: Right. It felt weird. It felt weird. Um, also, I think another flaw in this is we sp- we spend the movie following around a kid. And we listen to so many kid conversations that I was like, I don't care. Because the thing is, is there's a certain age where those ki- are cute. And there's another certain age where, like, I can follow them and they mean something. That's like the 16, 17, 18. There's a lot of stuff in the middle, which is just kids being kids. And we're listening to a conversation for, like, three or four minutes. I'm like, hey, man, you're 10, you know?
0: It, the scene that makes that, that point reminds me of is there's no adults in this conversation. But Mason's walking down the street with some of his friends, like, you know, in that early childhood stage. And they're arguing if general grievous or Yoda is better and they don't make any points in that argument. They just go general grievous is better. No, Yoda, no grievous, no Yoda for like 30 seconds. And like, you guys aren't having a conversation. You're just making sounds with your mouth. Yeah. And
1: that happens a couple times. And I'm like, listen, I get, we're doing this for, you know, Reality. We want this to feel real. But also, I don't care. And this is a cinematic experience. So let's make it more of a movie, please. And less like real life. All right, Craig, I think it's time. What would you give this movie out of ten?
0: What this is this has been one of those conversations that really makes me reflect what I was going to give this movie. And if I want to still give it this rating and I think I do, I'm giving this a seven and a half.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm giving it a flat six. Um, flat six sure. is the lowest score I can give something that I've watched more than once because if it's good <laughs> enough to watch more than once, it's not, it has to be at least a six.
0: And this is one of those movies that Alex brought to the table, which means he had to already co-sign it enough to, to resign another three hours of his life about it. It was one of
1: those things. I'm like, I know I don't like this movie too much, but I know other people are gonna like it. In my defense, I did, I forgot how long it was, but it's I do remember long. when I watched it. I'm like, okay, this is a little boring. <laughs> um, but I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, I do think it's very interesting. I think just the the fact that they use the same people carries a lot in this movie. It, it does. It does so do a much. lot of carrying. So. Um, I mean, it's a six. Do it that with jewel. Sure,
0: Rock on. We're going to move on to our improv segment. This is one that we haven't done in a hot minute. This one's called The Apprentice. The way this improv segment works is one of us is going to be playing an apprentice at a new job, and the other person is going to be the mentor for said job. The kick is the mentor does not know what they're doing. They've gotten this far in their job by luck alone, and they have not learned a single thing. So it's about... This mentor teaching nonsense knowledge to the apprentice.
1: And who doesn't love that? So, Craig, would you rather be the mentor or the mentee off the rip?
0: I would love... I'll be the mentor. I'll be the mentor. Okay.
1: Um, I think I think you should be the principal of a school.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And I should be like okay. um, maybe the vice. Maybe yeah. like, you've announced that you're going to retire next year. And I'm like, okay, I was a teacher last year. I've been a teacher for, like, 20 years, and now it's time for me to step up and become a principal.
0: For sure, for sure. All right, Assistant, assistant Principal Jeffords, please step into my office.
1: Okay, yeah, sure. Um, now, yeah, what you got for me?
0: Now, since I am retiring in the next year, I th- and you are assuming my mantle, it is time for you to learn the ins and outs of Jefferson's High like you've never known them before.
1: Well... I mean, I previously taught at the middle school for like a significant amount of time. And I think I actually, and I started here for my first six years of teaching, then went down to the middle school. So I can't imagine. Ah,
0: but the high school is nothing like a middle school. That should be lesson number one. For example, the middle school has middle schoolers, and then the high school has high schoolers and this is a difference that you should have already known and in fact i'm kind of second guessing this decision to retire if you are going to be my replacement but
1: here's the thing i taught i mean i taught here for the first six years and then went down to eighth grade and for 14 years i prepped these kids for high school
0: so much has changed in 14 years i grew testicular cancer in 14 years you think that a school can't change in that time now I mean, come sit sit next to me sit next to me at my desk now as you can see we have um we have a computer sitting here at the desk this is where most of the administration work is going to be taking place now. If you could just go ahead and log in.
1: Okay. Um. What f- first question is like? What do we do about like attendance? I know that's super important. So like, what do we send that up to the superintendent? Do you have regular meetings? Where, now,
0: I have been principal of the school for thirty-five years, and I have never once gotten an attendance sheet. So I'm going to assume that that's. Not my problem.
1: So you don't know from day to day who's coming in and out of the school?
0: I just kind of assume that everyone's here. And if they're not, well, I hope it's not a problem.
1: What about teachers, like, putting in for subs and whatnot? How do, how do we make sure, like, all the teachers don't leave at the same time?
0: So, obviously, I get a lot of paperwork. And uh, you're, the, the, the sub request form shows up at my desk. I approve them and the substitute teachers show up. And if a substitute teacher doesn't show up, I take it upon myself to kind of just walk by the classroom every now and then and make sure a fire hasn't started.
1: But, like, who's, who's watching those students?
0: Now, this is where we get into kind of the honor system, where the students understand that if nobody is in their classroom, it is up to them to not create a sort of Lord of the Flies-like situation. Now, that has happened once, but we have successfully brushed it under the rug. Now, if any police show up to the school asking about the Vega incident, you flee the country immediately.
1: Um I think that's just going to be one of those things that I'm going to figure out when I when I have Now,
0: if you could please log on to the administration computer.
1: Okay, I'll log in. What now?
0: Okay. Now I'm glad you logged. I haven't been able to get this computer to work in 15 years. So, honestly, this is the first <laughs> time I've seen this screen. So, um I think um what what did she say? She said um click on um so- Google Google Chrome, Google trom Google, Google Chrome. Okay,
1: I'm gonna get a couple other questions. Um, What's up? How do we run like detention, suspension, expulsion? How's how's the okay uh, that situation?
0: Now, are you aware of what a firing squad does to prisoners?
1: Yeah, I hope this. Now, I pray this is a metaphor.
0: Now, what we do for detention is we put the children on one of the firing squads. So they know what it feels like to potentially take a human life. And okay, that is this is funny. I like, I asked a real, real question.
1: Quick. So I was like And
0: I gave you a real answer. Now I ask that you stop uh demeaning my administration authority and click on the Google Chrome button, please.
1: Hey, I'm gonna one more question. Um What's up? The guns for the firing squad Is that one of these? Cox gun. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of schools in America.
0: Uh, Yeah, there are. Correct. It
1: wouldn't be impossible that one of these guys existed. (laughs) But like 100% of those kids are not going to be successful.
0: No, not at all.
1: Like it doesn't matter how much work the teachers are putting in. They're not going to be successful.
0: One kid gets to be successful and it's the kid that writes a book about it.
1: Right. And, and it's titled, like, <laughs> What It's Like Growing Up at the Worst School in America. Yeah. All right, Craig, uh, I'll be the mentor. What situation are we going to be in?
0: Um, Similar vibes. Okay, similar vibes to what we just did. But you are... Actually, I'm going to pivot a little bit. So you are going to be an engine technician on a sci-fi ship, and I am joining the crew for the first time.
1: Okay.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, we never said that they had to be real jobs,
1: right? Very true.
0: <laughs> so kind of yeah, you know, you operate like the warp core or the yep. uh, the transporter beam, something like that. Okay. And I, I, and I'm your your mentee.
1: Sounds good. A hey, uh, new guy, come over here.
0: Y- yeah, boss. What, uh, what what are we doing?
1: It's your first time on one of these vessels?
0: Yeah, I'm so happy to be upon the Tempest. The name of this ship, the Tempest.
1: Yeah, okay, that's fine. Uh, So we're going to start off with repairing the hyperdrive. We haven't been able to go speed of light. And I don't even know how long. I'm, I'm not even sure this ship can do it, but it hasn't been oh, working. Oh, but the
0: Tempest is a Mark IV good ship, so it has the ability to do faster than light travel, even if one of the hyperdrives are offline.
1: Okay, first of all, there's no way that's true, because...
0: It's right here in the handbook, see? Page 134.
1: Okay, well listen here. What was your name again? Clyde. Clyde. I've been telling the boss that we haven't been able to go mock anything really we haven't we've been going speed of sound not speed of light and i've been telling them that for about uh 13 years now so and it's because our hyperdrive went down um we were in a battle oh, we whatever have missions across
0: out. the galaxy we have missions on the other side of the galaxy yeah, how do we get you, there in time
1: um i have a couple buddies in the portal department who's just been ho- hooking it up um but so i'm telling going you right now individually there's
0: individually no... one by one into portals across the galaxy
1: yeah it can't be economically sound hey dude i don't it didn't work it doesn't work so we figured it out uh, here let me tell you something about this job a lot of it is going to be you figuring it out nobody really knows how this stuff works so what i usually do is i come down here whenever they says hey for instance hyperdrive every monday it comes up in our meeting hey hyperdrive isn't working roger how far are you along fixing it i'm like i don't I don't know, I've been on the phone with, you know, customer service, they're walking me through it, then I come down here, eat my breakfast, shut the door behind you, make sure you're like, whatever, bang a wrench against this pole every couple times, they can hear it up in the bridge, so it's really important that you hit it, so they know you're here, eat your breakfast, um, and then they're going to call down around 9.30 for a check, tell them you're still working on it, um, or maybe you're on hold, I roll a dice so that it's completely random, um... Then I'm good here till usually about lunch. And then I tell them that they told me to call back the next week. And you can ride that out for years, man. And hopefully, but and here's uh, the thing, is if you get a new captain, start the process all over again.
0: This sounds like an abandonment of duty, sir. Yeah,
1: no, man. Let me tell you something. These corporations are not paying us enough money to care. Okay. So where did you go? where did you go to school? You go to trade school?
0: Um, well, I started at a trade school and then they just decided to send me right into the academy because I was so gifted at engineering.
1: Okay, let me tell you something they don't teach in the academy. Um, we don't get paid enough. And so when you don't get paid enough.
0: We get paid three times the average salary back on earth. Yeah, but think benefits. about how much the
1: corporations are making. They're making so much more. They're not even sharing it with us. So it doesn't matter if we're making more than everybody else. We're by the else.
0: government. We're not a corporation.
1: Let, just think about... The okay, so the budget for each ship, right, is like I don't know, 500 million dollars. We're getting paid like 400,000. That's such a small fraction of how much their budget is. So, if they want me to stay relevant, pay me more. Otherwise, excuse, bare minimum excuse pay, me, boss, bare minimum excuse me work. Boss? What? Um,
0: is a uh, is a uh, the water filtration system supposed to be a deep brown?
1: yeah that's not our water filtration system that's our oil and uh
0: that pipe is clearly labeled water filtration system
1: yeah the interesting thing about that is um when you go to other planets their word for oil is water and i'm pretty sure i'm not i never even checked but like last time i'm pretty sure uh this ship was made over there so i've just been putting oil in it and it's it's been working
0: so sir I'm pretty sure that you're a shapeshifter trying to break our economy, so I'm going to have to put you down. Cox gun. Nice. Se- se- sets phaser. It's Loads sets laser phaser. pistol?
1: Loads laser. Charges beam.
0: <laughs> what? A, some, what? So, uh, he does something to, to that effect.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, <laughs> my guy was just like, hey, man, I don't get paid enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> every every report that went back to, like, whatever, like, foundation they were a part of, it's like, yeah, you know, all the crews seem to be happy and healthy, except for the Tempest. They all have internal bleeding and gut poison.
1: Right. For some reason, they've been putting oil in their water, and they've had to manually portal everywhere for years.
0: <laughs> Oh, gosh. Good stuff. I love that bit a lot. It's a good bit. It's
1: a good one, man. Well, it's an improv segment, so it'll come back. And speaking of segments, we're moving on to our middle.
0: Speaking of segments, that thing we do four of every episode. Right.
1: Speaking of segments, (laughs) we're doing Moonlighting again. Greg and I tend to dabble in a little media that's not related to this podcast. So this is a segment dedicated to when we have consumed... A significant amount and we just want to talk about it for a little bit
0: yeah so correct. uh what do you got
1: i watched hustle on netflix the adam sandler movie.
0: yeah adam sandler mm-hmm.
1: it's pretty good man it's uh it's yeah. about um a basketball scout for the philadelphia 76ers who goes and finds a player in spain who can hoop very very well and then the rest of the movie is him just trying to like get him drafted um he doesn't want to be a scout he's been a scout for a long time he was promised by the owner that um if he stayed out scouting for a long time he would eventually get a coaching job because he knows so much about basketball but the issue is uh owner dies so the company the franchise goes to his kids who are not a huge fan of adam so right when he's about to get a coaching job he gets sent back out to scout and that's when he finds this spanish player so you just follow him trying to get this uh player in the league there's a lot of real NBA players in this movie with cameos, actual acting. It's pretty impressive. Um, there's a lot, If you didn't know there were pros, you might not pick it up. But I mean, Robert Duvall is the owner. And then when you get to ac- actual players, if you like basketball, you're going to recognize a lot of these guys.
0: Okay, I famously don't care for sports. Yeah. The last sports movie I think I watched was specifically basketball was I think The Way Back with Ben Affleck.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and that movie was good but not great. Uh, so would I have any interest in this movie?
1: Uh, probably not. There's just a lot of references. Queen Latifah plays his wife. It's just like, uh, you're run of the mill. I'm gonna motivate you to become one of the best players. And if you're not into that kind of stuff, then I wouldn't be into this movie.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, I watched a lot of Star Trek over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, So I rewatched... I've watched this movie before, but I rewatched the 2009 J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. That okay. movie still slaps. Is that Chris Pine? Uh, Yes. Sweet. Yes. Chris Pine. And I learned that I have a huge crush on Chris Pine. Probably my favorite Chris. And i he's like he is now a selling point for me i will watch a movie because chris pine is in it so we got chris Simply pine because chris pat yep.
1: pratt chris hemsworth and chris evans rank them
0: yes um in terms of performance
1: how much and um, I, I will see this movie because they're in it so 10 being like i don't care if i don't know anybody else and it's a foreign film i'll read subtitles because they're in it and one being like i don't care if they're in it it I won't see it because they're in it.
0: Uh, Pine is like eight, Evans, seven, Hemsworth, five, Pratt, four.
1: Oh, geez. Okay.
0: And and so is five bean does not make or break. Yeah.
1: So whatever. They're in the movie. That just is a coincidence. doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. And so uh, I think I genuinely think that the 2009 Star Trek is the perfect place to start uh, any Star Trek media, because if you don't like that. Then you're not gonna like what anything else has to offer, because everything else is just a version of that. Um, oh, okay. It's it's just really cool. I think I um I also think Carl Urban is really good in that movie. Um Carl Urban, who one might know as Billy Butcher from The Boys, he plays uh, a character named Bones, who is the ship's medic, and. They have a really good dynamic of like Bones is supposed to be the responsible one, but he also knows that uh Kirk Chris Pine's character is uh a loose cannon. So Bones is like, I don't want you to do this, but if you do, I'm gonna help you do it safely, which is such an amazing dynamic to have. They they, they carry the movie; it's so good. Sweet. Like uh, maybe like seven and a half, seven and three quarters. Some, okay. Somewhere in that range.
1: I'll put Hustle 7 because it's interesting to me. It's not going to be a 7 for a lot of people. Sure, sure. Um, I watched The Bad Guys on Peacock.
0: I watched half of that movie. I did not follow through.
1: It's a pretty good kids movie. It's just a run-of-the-mill. It's about bad guys, like, and they're all animals, but they live in a human world, so they interact with humans, but they can all talk, and they're famous and whatever. They have positions like mayor and police chief. Actually, I think the police chief is a human hunting yeah. animals. It's weird. Um, a bunch of famous people in it. Sam Rockwell, Mark Maron, Aquafina, Craig Robinson, Anthony Ramos. They're everywhere. You know? Um, and it's just about bad guys. So you got a wolf, snake, tarantula, shark, and piranha who do a bunch of heists. And then they get caught. And in order to negotiate their way out of it, they'll just say, we can be re- rehabilitated. Um, and they just pretend to be good. It's a pretty good movie. It's a kid's movie. So like, I'm not expecting, like, the best. I mean, because you're working with... Nine times out of ten, it's got to be a shorter movie for just attention yes. spans. Also, animation is expensive. Uh, this movie's an hour and 40 minutes, and it looks visually pretty cool. I mean, just watching the car chases was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so,
0: you know, if you've listened to one episode of this podcast, you know that I am a big I am a big proponent of not every animated movie is a kid's movie by default. This movie's pretty kids movie. Yeah. It's pretty kids movie. Um, um, but yeah, the animation style is very unique and it's pretty. Um,
1: it's a DreamWorks movie. So don't expect yeah. like, the Disney Pixar stuff.
0: And so I really do like the animation style. I don't love the facial animations. I think like the expressions were a little too like much. I yeah. think it's just the word. They were too much. Um, and none of the jokes really landed with me, which, you know, <laughs> when the when the movie is, like, kind of a comedy, it's kind of important.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to give it a, a six and a half, six and a quarter. It's an all right sure. movie. Um, Not going to change your life, though.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm about halfway through season three of Star Trek Discovery, which I think I've talked about season one before. And so see what's really cool about season two is of discovery is um you get introduced to it's the first time we see captain pike as like a long-term character in a tv show which captain pike was the captain of the enterprise before captain kirk was
1: gotcha
0: and he was only kind of referenced in a few episodes before this and so we really get to see captain pike shine and he is he makes season 2 of that show to the point where it's like i would enlist in the federation if i could be guaranteed to be to serve under captain pike like Jeez. he is <laughs> he he's one of those captains. Like he knows everybody's names. He cares about their duties. Like he, he's, he made season two so much better than it already was just because he was written so well. And the actor did such a good job. And you know, that character, that actor's version of Pike got its own spin off show, Strange New Worlds. I haven't watched it yet. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Uh, and I'm excited to dip into that. Season three is we I'm trying to ex- I want to explain this without giving any spoilers away which is difficult because the entirety of season 3 hinges on what happens at the end of season 2 mm-hmm. but basically the crew of the discovery makes a journey that they cannot go back from it is a one way journey and this whole journey was decided because one character needed to make the journey and so <laughs> they were all like and so they were like all right we will go with you And so for the entirety of season three, there's this weird atmosphere of like debt. Like we went on this journey with you for you. And like, we didn't say goodbye to our families. We, so like you watch this crew Mourn the life they never had because of one character. Even though they signed up for it, they did not have to go on this trip. They chose to do it. It's still kind of weird to like, there's this weird, like, like I said, kind of like life debt now. And I don't love that atmosphere, but I still love the characters enough to where I kind of, I'm willing to put that aside because I think the show itself is still cool.
1: Okay. That's pretty legit. I watched Ambulance. Yes. On yeah.
0: I um I reviewed it back in I think March or April somewhere in there.
1: This movie is better than what you made it out to be. This movie's okay. pretty good. I remember you saying, "Hey, in the beginning like it starts off as GTA and then at the end you're like what is going on?" No, this movie's great. And you you're in the action for so long that like you're it's like one of those things that like you don't realize how long you've been in the action until you're done and you're like, "Holy crap, that was a long movie." Because you you're in it. It, it's so hard to maintain like that amount of like stress and adrenaline for such a long time. They did a pretty good job. Um, I love Jake Gyllenhaal so much that like me I, too. Me I, too. I can't, I don't know if I've watched a bad movie of his, uh, let me get her straight. I've watched bad movies of his and I like them anyway because Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing killed it loved him um
0: he he genuinely makes that movie it's so good so good
1: and then uh the actress plays cam i think her name's isa murders it bro the trio of them is amazing i loved it movie it was just a little too long um but i liked it it was freaking sick I can't watch it again because it feels long and it's just, it's just so much action. Um, Also, I've never been so mad at someone's use of a drone in in a movie. It's in every other shot. And I was just calling it out. I'm like, Oh, drone shot, drone shot, drone shot. It's distracting. And it's directed by Michael Bay. Um, Those things are not super correlated, but they did occur at the same time. And there might be a relationship between this guy just finding out how a drone works and putting it in every <laughs> other scene, it's obnoxious. Um, and for that reason, I'm taking this rating down a whole number. Because <laughs> this movie's okay. a good movie, I would probably put it at like a high seven. Uh, it's like a six seven five because the drone okay. shots were distracting, bro, and it made me angry. It felt like someone was just trying to flex how good they were at flying. Um, okay, but I would recommend it to people if you just want like action for action's sake. Watch this movie. It's GTA the movie, For like sure. I said.
0: Uh, the last bit of Star Trek that I have to bring to the table is I, uh, I've been watching Star Trek The Lower Decks, which is, you know, an adult animated show about the crew of any given Federation starship that isn't on the bridge. Oh. You know, they're not Kirk. They're not Spock. It's the people in engineering that makes the ship work. And all that fun stuff. It's the crew that gets affected by the bad stuff that happens <laughs> when the missions go wrong. Gotcha. And so it's very, you know, it has that TV 14 humor, you know, that kind of like Archer, Rick and Morty style humor Love it. set in the bottom of a Federation starship. Uh, the jokes are okay. I'm definitely watching it because it is a Star Trek show. Not so much because it's funny. Like, but it's like for right now, it's like the perfect. I have twenty minutes until I fall asleep. Let's put let's put on an episode. Sweet, That's um, awesome. would not recommend it to not Star Trek fans. But if you do, if you are a Star Trek fan and you want a comedy, this is fine. It's fine.
1: That's legit. Um, I watched Infinite on Paramount. This is a Mark Wahlberg movie, and it's okay.
0: Yeah, so this was when Paramount Plus was, like, really trying to, like, it was it was when Paramount Plus was starting to be Paramount Plus, and they're like, we need originals, we need exclusives, we need power.
1: Right, so that was what, basically what you do when you have an original and you have a streaming service, is you, like, pick one or two big actors and we'll just throw them in the most interesting plot we can. or But it has to be action because that's what people love right now. It's about people who can't die. There's a certain subject of like 600 people in the world. Um, So like one in 600 million or one in 60 million, whatever can live forever. So when they die, they get reincarnated into another human being. Um, And they slowly get their memories back and they should have their memories back by the time they're 18. Usually around puberty, they get them all back. Right. Um, So you remember your entire previous lives. Um, They start at different times. So you just like, when you're born, there's just a random chance you will live forever from now on. So, like, the main character in this one was born in like, 1300s, 1400s. Oh, wow. Um, nationalities completely changed. So, a lot of these people know different languages. They were born in different countries. Um, so, Mark Wahlberg is one of these infinites. It's a cool concept. We've seen it before, bro. A bunch of other movies have done this stuff. A bunch of TV shows have done this stuff. Doesn't, like, Sharice Theron in a movie like this? They just don't die.
0: Oh yeah, the old guard.
1: The old guard is the same concept of we live forever. Except for this one, they die. They live throughout their lives and they come back.
0: Is it any good?
1: It's a bad. No good. It's a bad. Bad. It's because what happens is like because there's a weapon that gets introduced where they put your consciousness on a hard drive so you stop reincarnating.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And if that hard drive were to get destroyed. Then you'd be released back into the universe again, and you have to you keep doing it. So they just store people, and that's how you kill okay. them. Okay. You keep them from reincarnating.
0: So, climate. so we managed to get the old guard altered carbon, and I guess Lucy.
1: Yeah, it's oh, just man. weird, bro. And of course, there's people who want to live forever so they can help the human race, and the other people who are sick and tired of having to live, you know. Um, and that is a cool concept, just badly executed in this movie. Sure. Um, it's just one of those things that. This guy's entire existence is just to fight the people trying to end it. Because there's a of that six hundred whatever people, there's a good chunk that say, I don't want to live anymore. I want to stop this. So let me end the world. So this doesn't have to happen anymore. And the other people are like, hey man, maybe this is a you problem and we shouldn't kill the entire human race. Because if you kill everybody, you have got no one else to, you know, reincarnate into. There's no babies anymore. So you just you cease to exist. And that's the entire movie. Um and it's whack. It's such a it sounds so cool. It is a very mediocre movie. I'm going to plan on not watching this again, but it might happen. I might just forget what happened in this movie. And I'm going to get <laughs> stuck watching it again and remember I don't like it. I'm going to say it's probably like a five and a quarter, five and a half. Okay. But sure. It's whatever. It's an hour and 45. If this seems interesting to you, then watch it. It's not going to hurt you, but I think you're just going to be disappointed. This movie is just going to be disappointing. It's not a bad movie, but it's not what you want.
0: Now, I might have been done with Star Trek stuff but I'm not done with Chris Pine stuff. I did watch into the woods the other day.
1: Oh jeez, bro. What'd <laughs> uh, you
0: think? So this is my first time watching into the woods in its entirety. Mm-hmm. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I'm very familiar with the music. Um, this is James Corden's best work. Unironically. Okay, it's his best sure. work. He, he's not bad in it. Um, Emily Blunt is fantastic in it. Um, Chris Pine is the comedic relief in the movie and he does a good job at that. Um, Overall, the music and the lyrics are very good, but it's very good if you like Stephen Sondheim music, right? If you listen to like Sweeney Todd is the other like mainstream Sondheim show, right? And so if you liked Sweeney Todd, then you'll probably like Into the Woods. If you don't like Sweeney Todd, you're not going to like Into the Woods. I will say, for um, those people
1: who don't know, Into the Woods and Sweeney Todd, more Into the Woods than Sweeney Todd, it's a theater kid movie.
0: It it's- is. It very much is. And so the premise of the movie is take all the Brothers Grimm fairy tales you know of right, and then don't give them a happy ending. Put them all in the same setting and then don't give them a happy ending. That's the premise of the movie. And because of that, characters get killed very quickly and kind of without fanfare to a point where it's I was very like, very
1: nonchalant I, deaths.
0: Yeah, like I had to look up did this character die or am I misinterpreting what just happened? Um but like I said, the music is very good. The Steven Sondheim is a masterful lyricist. Meryl Streep has a song where all she is doing is singing about the vegetables she had in her garden, but for some reason, I'm hanging on every word she's saying because the vocabulary is so unique and the wordplay is so exquisite that I can't not pay attention to what she's saying. But like you said, it's a very theater kid movie, so take that into account if you are interested in it. I think at the end of the day, it's like a six and a half, but it's a very Craig movie, and I'm aware of that.
1: Sweet. Um, I watched Gray Man. It just came out, so no spoilers. It's good. Critics don't oh like it. Oh my god. Whew. Critics don't oh. like it. It's a very listen, bro. It's not gonna change your life. It's an easy watch. And that's what you it's got cool action scenes. It's just an action movie with simple a simple concept. Nothing's gonna change your life. Um, but I liked it. It's cool. It was a little different. Uh, it took me a while to get used to Chris Evans as a bad guy. It took me a long time. And then eventually, about halfway through the movie, I got into it. Maybe a little bit further than that. like be- End of second act, beginning of third act. I'm like, okay. All the mental gymnastics I had to go through thinking he's Captain America is over now. We're good. And it's dope. It's dope. I liked it a lot. Uh, Ryan Gosling did an amazing job. Um, 100% recommend. I'm not going to go too much more into it. It's just action, action, action. And it's, it's 100% worth your time. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Um, and then I watched Bill Burr's new stand-up special on Netflix. It's called Live at Red Rocks. And it's real good. It's real good. Okay. I think Bill Burr does something that Dave Chappelle does not do very well. Where he's like, I understand why this might make people upset. Now, I'm going to say it anyway. But I'm not clueless to why this might be polarizing. I think he also... of Some people are going to say... He also takes the other side in the argument he's currently making. So I think that's something a lot of people struggle with is I'm going to make a point that might sound like I'm punching down. But at the end of it, I'm going to say, you know you what? You're probably right. And it's very, it okay. takes, it's, there's a lot of levity there. It's saying like, uh, you know, I could be wrong. And it's like, oh, sure, so he's yeah. not like, it doesn't feel like this is him. It feels like, oh, he's trying to make a joke, you know?
0: And Bill Burr is definitely one of those comedians, at least for me, where like, I'm at the edge of my seat whenever he opens, Cause he's one of those comedians that feels like he could say something reckless at any given moment. Yeah. So whenever I watch his stuff, I'm always at the edge of my seat. Like, is this the time he goes too far?
1: Right. He has a, parenting chunk that lasts about 20 minutes that i feel like slowed down it was very interesting but it wasn't joke heavy so i liked it it was very interesting seeing that part of his life and i related to it i I enjoyed it i'm glad it was there but it was less stand-up-y than the rest of the hour 15 sure sure his clothes is good his last 20 minutes is really good the first half is awesome. If you like Bill Burr, you're going to like this. And I think if you're not a huge fan of Bill Burr, because a lot of his earlier stuff is pretty angry, this is a lot more approachable than his other stuff. So I, okay. would, I would recommend this.
0: Rock on, definitely.
1: I'm going to give it 8 out of 10.
0: Rock on. Love to hear it. That's good. That's good. Um, We're going to move on to our one-hit wonder. Um <laughs> Okay. This is a very different one-hit wonder. All right? And I... Uh, this is the glory of a one-hit wonder is I can do something that doesn't work and then in the editing bay I can just truncate it and we never do it again so I don't even have a name for this segment um uh we'll call it beast maker because it's not monster factory so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna share my screen with you Alexander all right So, what I have pulled up is I currently have a character creator pulled up for the new Saints Row game that's coming out. That's not relevant. The thing is, Alex and I are going to work as a team to build a monstrosity. I'm going to say our goal should be the most aesthetically pleasing but visually appalling character that we can make. All right? and we're gonna describe it as best we can as an audio form and then when the episode releases we're gonna tweet the photo out of the character so you can kind of so that way you can see what sort of mm, hell demon we have created along the way all right sounds good to me all right Alex where do you want to start
1: um I think we need to start with the Face. This is done in a really weird order. The top of the list is outfit, then body. That's correct.
0: So so let's start with the presets, all right? Okay. Are, w- w- oh, any of these presets?
1: dude. Okay. Let's do top middle.
0: Okay. So we kind of have like a thick Channing Tatum type starter. Yeah. Okay. And so, so let's go back into the body, all right? So we can look at the build a little bit, and it's like... This is kind of where we get into the lean, husky versus muscular. Like where where we vibe. We should
1: go as jacked as possible. Like as jacked as possible. As big as possible.
0: All right. And then okay, so that was just what we did there. All right. And then chest size. And then chest size. What do we feel now when now when the game says chest size, it does in fact mean bazongas. (laughs) Where are we feeling here?
1: I think we should middle the road. <laughs> middle, it's, straight It's 50? already off-putting. It's making me <laughs> okay. feel. Okay,
0: okay, and now we can do the groin size as well. Where are we feel, where are we feeling Which we shouldn't
1: be able to adjust. So let's keep that low.
0: <laughs> okay, so we'll 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 make it. We we'll, it will show a little bit, but keep some keep some here. Uh, any prosthetics?
1: Yes, one hundred percent. We should do both legs. And we need to make both them as legs? small as humanly possible. Okay. Oh. As small
0: okay. as humanly possible. Okay.
1: So, blades might be the... Or those. So, we're looking at... I mean, these are... Kind
0: of going through kind of quickly. Um, so, like, these?
1: Yeah, I think we should do those. So, this is... We're going to do what happens where it. it cups your knee. And then it, there's a stick. And then, like, fake feet are at the bottom.
0: Okay. Um uh let's make let's get we got to add some style here so let's make it like hot pink sure and then (laughs) i know uh some like turquoise feet and the yeah the shells can be just whatever the casing can just be a white all right and then modesty uh do we want to force underwear on this guy or not yes because we can just oh okay now, okay, so for skin, we can do skin, standard skin tones, right?
1: Or we can kind of go into the Saints' okay, row. We're gonna make him cyborg or the whole. Okay, so wait, 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 is there red? What's that red one? Yeah, that's red. Okay, so this is, uh, what's that like? Uh, hell, hell hellboy. Hellboy? Should we make him All gold? Right. No, we should just we, make him, we're going to keep him Hellboy and just, he's going to look like he's a little sunburned.
0: Muscle definition. What does this change?
1: The most definition, please.
0: The most? Veins. Holy 100, Obviously. You can
1: see every striation in this guy's.
0: Okay, where are we feeling on glossiness? Okay, that's a little <laughs> gl- too old. Glossiness seems to be very important. I so, I think we should maybe keep like, it relatively low. Maybe like here, give him some shine, but yeah. not like change this the vibe. This is huge. All right, let's zoom in a little. Oh, this isn't helpful. <laughs> okay. So, if we're going for Hellboy, as far as body scars go, all of them, um, well, I think we can only choose one, unfortunately. Okay. So,
1: it's called zombie um, bites, that lion so tamer.
0: Th- The Bevels looks the most Hellboy-ish. Yeah, Um, that's
1: weird. And and
0: then this body rash kind of makes him look like Killmonger. I like it.
1: I like that body rash.
0: Do the body rash? All right. Yeah. (laughs) Um. All right. (laughs) Because we went red, the rest of our limitation is very uh stunted hair. Um. I'm just gonna start scrolling. You You let me know when you see something that kind of speaks to you.
1: Okay. Like the long hair, like to the shoulders. Um, The Tarzan. is, Is there a
0: okay? But this mullet. Is kind of L- Mullet's speaking, speaking
1: to, me. to me, but we definitely need to change the color.
0: Okay, so do we want to do long mullet or short mullet? Short mullet. Okay. Um, colors again, we can kind of choose whatever we want.
1: Can we make it white or gray?
0: How's, that's about as white as it seems like I can make it.
1: Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty metal. I like that.
0: Um, facial hair. What do we got going on here now? Facial hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean. I think we should go like mutton chops.
0: I think mutton chops.
1: Yeah. All right, let's see if Ooh, I can find some. Yes. Okay, yep. okay
0: so we ha- <laughs> this one?
1: Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty. Good. Okay,
0: so this is full mutton chops except for the chin. So it it covers everything but the chin. Do we want to go white with this as well? Yeah, or let's we do feeling... also, Let's
1: also do white. Let's keep it. It okay. needs to, You know, be realistic.
0: Um, I'm not too worried about eyebrows and eyelashes. Just for sake of time, let's move on a little bit. Um, we don't. I'm I'm not in the mood to do everything here. So let's do Can eyes. You just make his nose obviously, bigger? okay for sure.
1: I'm lo- I'm looking for like a witch.
0: Mm. Um. So. so, like... so how's that yes can we and hook then it a little height bit? can we hook it a little bit um bridge depth i think i want to take in bridge width i think i want to take in uh tip tilt there we go how's that
1: i mean that that's perfect actually
0: <laughs> I, even looking at it like this it's kind of intimidating i mean
1: this person i don't like how young this person looks um <laughs>
0: Um I guess okay work. we can we can hold on we can change that hold on uh but let's do let's do eyes first eyes um oh <laughs> angel yes. eyes baby angel eyes okay and then
1: <laughs> oh jeez
0: <laughs> what are we doing here what are we doing here we we oh, can do the yep, standard the demon engine, eyes
1: you know uh, which ones. The uh, those okay. ones, no, These no, no, no. Ones Go here? back to to the slits.
0: Oh, the snake eyes. The yeah, snake eyes. that's okay. Scary. And then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hundred mm, height. Oh, having them lower, lower them. is kind of weird. Yeah,
1: for sure. That one
0: <laughs> low and big.
1: Yep. <laughs> yes, perfect.
0: Um. All right, I'm content with everything else we have here. Face, wrinkles, like you said. Let's just crank that bad boy up to 100. Yep. Um, and then complexion, not really seeing. The the red skin, let me be clear. The literal red skin does Sounds make any other, any other complexion kind of doesn't get through as much. Um, and I'm cool with everything else. All right, so let's just do, so let's pick our outfit. And, and we'll call it. Do we want to let's look at the full body stuff.
1: Golly, this guy is huge, bro. <laughs> this guy is huge. So we need to definitely <laughs> wear shorts or something that shows off okay. his prosthetics. I mean, um, the romper's the romper's romper good. is
0: very good. The romper is I very think, good.
1: <laughs> I think we need to do that.
0: Yeah. Um, material is normal colors. Um, we need something that complements his skin tone. So, so like. Green. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I'm this dark blue is kind of working for me. I don't know. I think we've created the perfect man. It's pretty good, man. <laughs> this is anything else that you want to add, or do you think we got it?
1: I think we nailed it.
0: Okay, final thing name Archibald. Archibald, love it. I'm just taking some screenshots for us to show, and that's Archibald. All right. Um, I really hope. That there is any sort of like humor translation of us just going hog wild
1: in the um. If not, you're gonna have to do the whole Benny Hill theme and put it in like double speed. For sure. For sure. And then once they go on our Twitter and check out the monstrosity we made, they'll be impressed.
0: Yeah, I'll add I'll share it to the Twitter and the Instagram, maybe the Facebook. We'll see how I'm feeling.
1: Sweet.
0: Um, what are we watching next week?
1: We're gonna watch the second stage of life. We're going into college now. We're young adults, um, freshly into the scene. We're gonna watch Goodwill Hunting, the 1997 classic, and I'm so very excited.
0: excited about this. Very excited about this. Um, and that's what we're gonna be doing next week. But for now, my name is Craig Wells, A.K.A. Permanent Handle,
1: and I'm Alex Good, A.K.A. Alex Good.
0: Have fun, be safe, and make good choices.
1: And while you're at it, tell your mommy said hi.
0: See you next week.
1: Deuces.